Welcome to Return to Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Curry. If you haven't yet listened to our previous episode, please make sure you go back and give it a listen. It's called Evolution, The Great Counterfeit, Episode 6 on Return to Truth. In that episode, we discuss the greatest counterfeit we have ever seen and stack it up against the proven evidence of creation. Okay, before we begin today's episode, let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us your Son as an example to follow. Thank you for giving us truth in your word. Father, help us to be a witness, a guiding light for all of those around us. Use us for your glory and not for our own. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. The title of today's episode is, Can I Get a Witness? To start this episode off, I wanted to give you guys a bit of a backstory about this entire podcast channel and how it plays in today's episode. You know, this podcast actually started about 20 years ago. It was, so to speak, literally 20 years in the making. I just didn't know it at the time, but God certainly did. For the past 20 years or so, I kept on hearing in my ears over and over again, throughout most of my life, honestly, the same thing over and over again. Your voice, your voice, your voice. You have to do something with your voice. Everyone said this to me. Family, friends, acquaintances, and yes, even random strangers that would hear me speak would tell me this. Numerous times I was told that you are in the wrong business. Have you ever thought about getting into radio? How about voiceovers, commercials, audiobooks? You could even be an MC, an announcer. Let's get ready to rumble! Okay, I'll work on that one. But seriously, it was continuously being told to me, time and time again, from literally hundreds of people at this point in my life. And that's not an exaggeration at all. I kept on hearing that I should do something with my voice. And if I did, I would have made it in the industry. Sometime later, when I found God and as time progressed forward, I kept on asking this question to myself. What is my talent? I remembered I prayed this again and again. What do I have to give? What can I do? And of course, it hit me. My voice. At that point, I knew it was God telling me, this is your gift. Could that really be it? Finally, I decided to do something about it. I went for it. I created a makeshift recording studio in my closet and went to work. I bought the equipment, mic, equalizer, headphones, the whole nine yards. It was actually kind of funny looking, really, because of the echo in the closet, I ended up having to buy a moving blanket and hang them all around. Here I was in a small closet, in the dark, with blankets all around me. Totally professional here. I recorded a few promos, demos, commercials, and radio spots. Even one for a former employer. I quickly realized I was a small fish in a very big pond that I had no clue even existed, trying to compete with others who were also trying to make a buck. These people had agents working for them and with a large dollar fees that was out of my league. These are the voices you would hear advertising for big brands. So after a while of constantly trying, I started to get discouraged and disappointed that it wasn't working out or taking off like I had hoped it would. 
One gig I was thinking of doing was reading an entire book for $5. You're kidding me, right? Is this really what I was supposed to be doing with my life? I thought to myself, if this is what God wants, it will work out. Just keep on doing it. Keep trying. The problem is I was doing the wrong type of work. I was working for myself and not for God. I wanted to make a living with my voice, my gift, my talent, in my own way. But I quickly found out that wasn't what God wanted for me. Isaiah 55, 8-9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I remember saying, Is this what you want from me, God? I thought you wanted me to use my voice. Why is it not working out in the way that I want it? Why is this not happening for me? So after some time, I gave in. I broke down the equipment and I got rid of all of it. That was it for my voice and my makeshift studio. I thought God would allow it to take off and strive financially, and maybe even use it as a ministry later on down the road after I was established in it. But it didn't happen in the way I wanted. So I put it on the back burner. But God wasn't done with me yet. His plan was still in place. Those words kept coming into my ears, your voice, your voice, your voice. Why do I keep hearing this? What is it that you want, Lord? That's what I said. I can't do this. Look, I already tried. What is the point? I remembered a verse, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I quickly realized that God wanted me to use my voice for Him, right now, not later, and not for my own glory, and not for my own profit, but for Him alone, and His glory, and to further the gospel truth. After much, much delay, and after hearing God call my name through others over and over again, I bought the equipment again. And I can finally say, I am doing His will with my voice, right now, this time not in a closet. I'm letting Him speak through me with this podcast. He has given me a voice, a talent, and I will use it for Him in the very best way that I can. Now I'm still learning along the way, and I will make adjustments as I progress forward. I'm new to all of this, but if I don't try it now, I never will. If I give up, I will be throwing away my chance at telling others about the truth and in turn, throwing away Christ. With all of that being said, you know now why I'm here with you today. I have so much to speak about, so many biblical truths that have broken down so many walls in my life. I must tell the world and all those who listen. That is the whole purpose of this podcast. And to be honest, I haven't even begun to tell you these truths. The aim here is to get back to the Bible, sola scriptura, meaning by scripture alone, discerning what is truth and what is tradition, the facts from the fables. Simply put, letting the Bible interpret itself rather than relying on what is widely taught in most mainstream Christian churches. There is a great deception going on in the church. We have strayed away from the Word of God, and it's time that we return to truth. 
That's why I decided to name it Return to Truth. John 8, 31-32 says, Then Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This whole thing reminds me of a parable in the Bible. It often comes to my mind when I think about the work I'm doing for the Lord. Jesus is speaking here in Matthew 25, 14-30. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them, and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you have delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him, and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast that unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, so what do we see here in this parable? I see laziness, selfishness, and fear. These are some, if not all, of the driving factors in this parable for the one that did not follow the master's orders. Notice in this verse, the first servant says that he was afraid and scared because his master is a hard man, and obviously so, entrusted him with such a huge amount of money, and yet he did nothing with it. You know, back then, in the time of Jesus, a talent was used as a unit of weight. That's around 80 pounds. During that time, one talent is close to 16 years worth of labor. With this, we can understand why the master was so angry when the servant failed to make use of what was given to him. You know, when we think about the gift of God, his son Jesus, and his sacrifice in place of a talent like this, with such a great gift in our own hands, wouldn't it have been even more plausible 
to understand to the extent in which, yes, even God might also be angry. I honestly would think even more so, maybe even disappointed. God has given us something more than just a talent, more than just 16 years worth of wages. God has given you his son and eternal life, more valuable than all the gold in the entire world. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 13-15 through 15 says, While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal sharing with them and all men, and by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his incredible gift. So ask yourself, which one am I in this parable? What have you been doing for the master? What have you given in return for such a great gift? But what does God want in return, really? You know, it's simple. Your life for his. I mean, what can we really give God that is not already his? All we have is our lives. We have a choice, and such a great choice with great consequences. He wants you to use your gifts, your walk, your life to further the gospel truth for him while he is away. You know, with that being said, being a Christian, you are a walking billboard for Christ. Everything you do should reflect the character of God, the character of Jesus, your walk, your attitude, your mind, and yes, even your voice. All should fall in line with how you should imitate Christ. Even when you are by yourself and in your own mind, in your own room, behind closed doors, there should be a sense of holiness and reverence to God, as if He is always with you, because He is. Such a simple act of love for such a great act of redemption. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 says, He who says he abides in Him ought himself also to walk just as He walked. We are to be an example of Christ our Savior to others, and an example to God as well, a living, spotless sacrifice. As such an example, we are witnesses to the truth. We have an obligation to our Savior to tell others about this truth and to show it in our daily lives and actions. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Paul says, Imitate me, just as I also imitate Christ. So, be a witness. Share your faith. Don't be afraid to tell others the good news of Christ and such a great sacrifice that He has given. In doing so, sharing your faith will increase your faith even more. Don't hide it in the ground like I did and the other servants. Dig it up, blow the dirt off of it, and display it for all to see. Sometimes we forget why we are here. We take it for granted and act as if we are more important than the message. You know, there is a reason why we are here. We have a mission. We have been given such a great task. Revelation 12 verse 17 says, Who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. This is an interesting verse as it tells us exactly what we ought to do. You know, let's examine this verse in more detail. It says here, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. There are two different things here. They aren't separate. 
One is our walk with God, and the other is the message we have to share with the world. John 14, verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. The first four commandments are the relationship we have with God. It's our vertical relationship with Him. The last six is our horizontal relationship to our fellow man. With that being said, take a stand. Keep the commandments of God, not the commandments of men. Don't be swayed into turning your back on God's holy law, no matter what the cost. Whatever you do, don't make compromises. When you do, you push the bar farther and farther away from where God set it. You then look back and can't even see where you once were, and in some cases, you can't even see God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Show others something they have never seen before, and they will want to know what it is you have. They will see your life, your faith, your walk, and want what you have, and in doing so, you will win others for Christ. Okay, let's look at the second part of that verse. Who have the testimony of Jesus. That word testimony in the Bible means evidence in support of a fact or statement. Proof. Open declaration or profession of faith. The precepts of God. A witness. According to Merriam-Webster, testimony is a solemn declaration. Isaiah 43.10 says, You are my witness, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. So a testimony is a witness of truth. If you have heard the message and accepted the truth, it will show in your life and actions. You will become a walking testimony for all to see and hear. A witness is those who have given their life to Christ, even unto death. It is those who speak Christ and his word, those who aren't ashamed of the gospel and the truth and the prophecy. Matthew chapter 16, 24 through 27 reads, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. In other words, deny yourself. Take up your cross daily, live for Christ Jesus, and die to self and sin. How many times have you said no to yourself? How many times have you said yes to Christ? When was the last time you put yourself last? I believe it all comes down to selfishness, laziness, and our own worldly desires. We live in a carnal body in a carnal world. Don't follow yourself. Follow God only. Let Jesus be your eyes, your ears, your voice, and your mind. Put your heart aside. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's so easy to be influenced by those around you and what's going on in the world. We are constantly being distracted by so many different things. 
all designed to take us away from our main purpose of being a witness. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all of these things will keep you from being a witness. They will literally suck you right in. Before you know it, you have wasted four hours of your day. And for what? What did you gain? Absolutely nothing. Instead of using those four hours for yourself, I would suggest using those four hours for Christ. It's hard. I get it. I struggle with that too. But it's not just social media. It's also what we buy, what we say, what we think and surround ourselves with. We should also be understanding of who we are with. Don't surround yourself with those who could cause you to stumble. And don't be a stumbling block for others either. And the same goes with your own relationships. The Bible says, Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only few find it. Matthew 18 verse 6 says, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. It happens. We have seen it in our own lives and we have read about the same things over and over again repeated in the Bible. Solomon's heart was led away. Samson's heart was led away. David's heart was led away. You know, there's a great war going on as we spoke about in episode 4 and a great falling away is at hand. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 33-34 says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. With that being said, we are disciples, messengers for Christ, with such a great task given to us. How can we fail our Redeemer and hide such a great sacrifice? A witness tells what he has heard, no matter how great of cost. It is said, if we understand what lies ahead for those who do not know Christ, there will be a sense of urgency in our own witness. In the Acts of the Apostles, it says, The disciples were to go forth as Christ witnesses, to declare to the world what they had seen and heard of Him. Their office was the most important to which human beings had ever been called, second only to that of Christ Himself. They were to be workers together with God for the saving of men. Philippians chapter 2 verses 15 through 17 says this, That you may become blameless and harmless children of God, without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain, Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. So the question really is this, how far are you willing to take your cross? 300 feet? 3,000 feet? 3 miles maybe? You know, when we think about the cross that Jesus took, I don't think any of us really take our cross far enough. That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We have so much more coming your way. Please stay tuned. Please remember to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast channel. And stay tuned for our next episode as we return to truth.